Kills a man who leads a life of danger To everyone he meets He stays a stranger here we go. Here we go. Yes, we are back one more time. Rich Buckland and Bill Mesnick, and we are the splendid Bohemian. And we just can't stay away. We were gone for a period of time. But we need to be with you. We have to be with you. It's, a, it's, it's an urge we cannot control. And therefore, for better or for worse, we're going to make this uh, much more uh, regular an event, as has been before, and we're going to talk about some, of, hopefully, some of your favorites, or we're going to be introducing you to uh, people who will become some of your favorites in the world of popular music, in the world of rock and roll, blues, jazz, the entire rainbow, the spectrum, uh, because, Mez, we cover the waterfront, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yep. In a sense, we we've, do. We cover the waterfront. We're kind of like uh, we're kind of like reporters and uh, and uh, medics looking to heal through the tone of popular music. That wasn't bad, was it? That's pretty good. Well, you 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 have that gift. I have a little improvisational streak going now, you know. And there's no Adderall going on, no medications. I mean, I'm really just grooving, man. I'm grooving. Well, I think you, I think you're honing your your uh, skill set through these uh, fight commentaries. I do fight commentary because I am still a huge fight fan. There have been two things. I was discussing this with a musician friend yesterday, and Bill, you will of course understand. There are only two things that have been constant in my life: wives come and go. Animals come and go. Everything is transient. But popular music, film, and prize fighting have been the constants in my life and have never, have always given me something to, uh, to, feel, to feel strong about. The sweet science has never let you down. I'm going to tell you something. What we do here now, this episode, by the way, is another of our shortbread episodes. Uh, it's going to be short and sweet. We go into the uh, subject matter and we will deliver it in our splendor of Bohemia manner. But and in, that subject is? That subject in this four-rounder, speaking of boxing. You like the uh -huh. way I did that? Yeah, I just, I just, you know, given that it's a shortbread episode, I have to, you know, this is, make sure the water is flowing in the right direction. And ladies and gentlemen, please understand, the Mez is one of the great acting teachers in Los Angeles, and therefore his structure is very important to him. And when Buckland goes off, as he will go off without even giving you the topic of the podcast in the first three minutes, he gets a little nervous because he knows maybe we're not communicating accurately. But let's put it this way. Bill, when you think of uh, Italian uh, pop stars of the 50s and 60s, who comes to mind? It wouldn't be this guy. It wouldn't be this guy. Now, when you think of, uh, you'd normally go to, to Dion, right? Yeah, and uh, this guy, it's speaking of the, uh, keeping the water flowing in the right direction, his name is Johnny Rivers. Johnny Rivers. That was beautiful, Mess. It was but born John Henry Ramostella. Exactly. Exactly. And where was he born? He was born in New York City. Do you know who gave him the name Johnny Rivers? 
If I remember correctly, it was Alan Freed. Correct. In 1958. In 1958, Alan Freed suggested uh, Johnny Rivers. And Johnny's career, in my estimation, is one of these prolific careers that has been so underrated, so underestimated. And I believe it is for a variety of reasons we will discuss, but... And it's your contention he should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I am adamant that it is a phony institution until you get Johnny Rivers, who many musicians say is more rock and roll than the majority of people who are already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, why do you think he has not uh, gone in? Well, here's, here's my take. I believe you've got... On Secret Agent Man alone... Well, he should be. Yeah. If, if you're taking a look at that period where he has hit after hit after hit, you also have to take into consideration he did a lot of cover versions. So he's covering, he, but he's also doing Jimmy Webb. So he's doing Baby, I Need Your Loving, and his version of it is tender and it is absolutely beautiful. He's also doing Jimmy Webb tunes. He's doing, a, he's, he is addressing the songer, the songwriters of the day. But he mm-hmm. did so many covers. That's what created the Whiskey A Go-Go legend. Now, if we right. take this into perspective... His but Secret Agent Man was not a cover. Secret it was Agent. written with P.F. Sloan and it's Steve Barry. Steve Barry. And there is, maybe because it's perceived in this day and age as, a, as an engine Simply, it was an engine for a television program because Secret yeah. Agent Man, of course, was a theme song. Maybe that's the... Are the monkeys in the Hall of Fame? And I, I don't... You know something? I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know. Well, you, you, you distribute monkeys, right? I, and, you know, I, well, there's... We did a variety of very rare monkeys, but I don't pay that much attention to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame unless I know that someone has been snubbed and I would mm-hmm. imagine the monkeys, because of their being formulated by television producers, would be given a shove aside as being impossible to place in there. So let's find out. Let's find out right now if the monkeys are oh. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. And maybe 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 you're on to something. Maybe the reason why is he doesn't write. Really, I mean, he on rare occasions he does, but he he does more covers than not. And I think that's pretty much where where he loses traction with a great many uh, voters. Although he wrote "Poor Side of Town," which is one of my favorites, and that's his only number one hit in '66. But when you take a look at, um, okay, just. Okay, the top story that comes up when you put up Monkeys, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I figured that this would be the case, the Monkeys, Mickey Dolan's brushes off rock and roll indifference. I never cared, I never will. So, I see. Of okay. course. Now, here I think we have a similar, but I think we have a similar issue because of the certain amount of commercialism that was embodied within the career. It was considered, when you take a look at albums like Slim Slow Slider, which is dedicated just by the title to Van Morrison, 
Mm-hmm. You can see where his attitudes and his influences are. I think his version of, of a, a whiter shade of pale, his version of, uh, of Graham Parson material, his versions of John Fogarty materials, sang a song for everyone. Um, I know that I was fully made aware of how good some of these songs were by Johnny Rivers' renditions of them. The man has impeccable taste. He has impeccable taste. Uh, I even love to listen to his version of The Shadow of Your Smile. Well, I got to say that when you proposed doing Johnny Rivers for this podcast, I went into a kind of a deep tissue listen to um, Realization. That's one of my favorite I quite love. Yep. Remember summer rain from when I was a kid, but um, okay. So if you're thinking that he belongs in the Hall of Fame strictly for Secret Agent Man, what does that say about summer rain? West soft as a sweet dream, my love warm as a sunshine sitting here by me. She's here by me. Stepped out of a rainbow, golden hair shining like moon gold, warm lips soft as a soul, sitting here by me. I know, I mean, realization, you know, he took the, the concept album idea and um, he made a cinematic, very personal statement. And the writer, I guess, James Hendricks. Was very uh, fundamental to that, and he was one of Rivers' favorite writers, and he had written a number of uh, of, of compositions for his LPs. And Johnny just, I mean, they came fast and they came furiously. Um, but I recommend everybody listen to Realization. It, it is a beautiful, uh, rich tapestry, and you really cannot under any circumstance knock this material now if you are not a fan of cover versions all right i get it you'd rather listen to the original that means you're not a fan of johnny rivers and that makes me wonder why wouldn't anyone be a fan of johnny rivers so let's go back to the whiskey a go-go and look at what he did with a seminal chuck berry riff well he had a bigger hit with uh with uh, Memphis, was it Memphis or Maybelline? Memphis. With Memphis, that, right. Yeah, it was number two. And what he was able to do, he was able to translate that material to another generation that may have forgotten about what Chuck Berry had done as the seminal influence and was able to take that and bring it to a new, uh, to a new height and do it in a live fashion that had never been encouraged before. The same- right, and before the British invasion, he owned the Whiskey A Go-Go. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a story we can slide into as we get into the river's, into the river's tale. But what happened at the Whiskey A Go-Go was a, uh, it, it had never occurred before. Somebody does a residency at a club, and you're releasing these albums, 
Imperial Records released. Lou Adler. Lou Adler had the had the foresight to understand that this sounds so different than anything that's live. Those sounds sound like if someone had never visited the Whiskey A Go Go. You'd say that's what a club named Whiskey A Go Go sounds like. <laughs> you've got the you've got the female sounds as you don't know if they're coming from the from the women dancing or you don't know if they're coming from sitting at tables but you know this you know that people are general, genuinely having a good time and that Johnny Rivers is communicating this material so whether, now I'm wondering was the peppermint lounge on the east coast happening at the same time that was earlier that was a little earlier. That was so a little bit this earlier. Is kind of, this is kind of an offshoot of, of Joey D and the Starlighters from the Peppermint Lounge, yes? You could, you could say that, but the Peppermint Lounge was conceived, it was conceived as the result of a dance record. The twist, the, yeah? The twist. So it, the Peppermint Twist. We're looking at 1960 Chubby Checker. And then Joey gets on the bandwagon and has this great record. And yeah, it's a great record, Peppermint Twist. But and that's New- where the Rascals came out. And that's where, right. And you've got all these New York cats being able to uh, get club work for the first time in these various, um, the, these inner sanctums of, uh, of, of dance music and popularity people wanted to go people of celebrity wanted to go to these clubs you you know this guy personally you've had conversations with him um he is still out on the road what 200 nights a year well i think it's much less at this particular time Uh much less at this particular time because the older you get the more difficult it is but he is a live act he's been a live act for 60 years and uh he keeps on trucking and he has come, he, he has performed in large venues. He will perform at festivals. He will perform wherever the demand is. Uh, and you would think, and, and of course, he always gives you what you want to hear. You're, you're not going to walk away without hearing Poor Side of Town or Summer Rain or Secret Agent Man. You're going to get everything. He's got a great catalog. It's, it is a great catalog. Now, is it a catalog worthy of being represented by a corporately determined Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Now, this is what gets me a little crazy. You produce. No, absolutely. You produce these programs. HBO presents them now. And they, I believe they have been since the beginning, correct? Yeah, I think it's basically been home box office that's presented the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. But you look at every year and you look at what they're shooting for because you got to shoot for the audience. So last year, when you get a half an hour of Stevie Nicks before you can even break a sweat, you know where this (laughs) is, you know where this is going. And every year it appears to go in the same direction. I think they're afraid if they delivered someone like Johnny Rivers, he would not be up to the same task of being able to be commercially viable. To be, I don't see why not. You just do Secret Agent Man and everybody will go crazy. Well, I, it's, it's, it's also about his ability to translate those songs at this particular time in life and still no one 
can do it any better than Johnny Rivers can. Right. So if you're talking about a live show, you know, what a, what better man for the job? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I would think. But you begin to understand that this entire entity has become a corporate uh, event. What Stevie, what what Steve Miller was talking about a couple of years ago about how they were making him pay for his family's tickets, and I mean Miller went off on this. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are angry with those. Yeah, people. yeah, absolutely, and you can imagine why. But as you saw with the zombies last year, it can also be a rejuvenation uh, of a career that was still on the road, but. Acts like that don't come along all the time. Well, you know, for for guys of our age and older, you know, it, it, there is something satisfying being able to see an act like the zombies get up and, and do a full show and not miss a trick. It's pretty exciting. You know, there's one thing before I forget I wanted to mention. He was a smart businessman, Johnny Rivers, because he is one of just a few artists who have their names as the copyright owner of their recordings. That's right. That's right. So, so he, he that made, was a smart move. Yes, he made some moves early on to ensure um, some financial security. But the need to keep performing has always been there. And uh, I believe that the recognition that he would receive with an induction would just put a stamp on the verification of what this career meant. Now we are going to have to shift to why a Johnny Rivers could not go past the 80s with slow dancing or rock and pneumonia. Okay, let me hear it. Well, in this particular case, there are artists that simply don't have anything new to present because they gave you their best. This is what they do. But when the times begin changing and the tempos begin changing and you're listening to these 80s records and you're starting to forget about the 90s, just what they were starting to do with these 80s recordings, he, Johnny, I think, just threw his hands up and said, no, this is what I do, for better or for yeah. worse. So he formed he his own. He, didn't, he couldn't work with the drum machines and the synths. No, and he wouldn't. So he forms his own record label. And... Uh, if you listen to releases like Last Train to Memphis, you begin to realize how significant he was and always will be. I heard this black man talking about Memphis, Tennessee. About a place called Peel Street where the blues are wild and free. Mama, can we go there? It sure sounds like fun. Daddy said, let's do it, and the journey has begun. Last train to Memphis keeps on calling me. Last train to Memphis could be the last chance to find my destiny. But the British invasion did push him off track. Yeah, It did push him off track, but he survived through the 60s into the 70s and then hit that wall. And once you start listening to those 80 records, you get an idea as to where someone like Johnny would have a hard place outside of the revival circuit of finding a place. Christ, if going back to our 
attending Richard Nader concerts where people had to be reminded that Roy Orbison and Jerry Lee Lewis were still alive. Can you imagine what, think of the success that uh, that Johnny Rivers was still having at that time? Right. And, you know, I mean, it takes a younger generation to uh, to keep those flames alive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And or when Dion had this dramatic return with the Belmonts to Radio City Music Hall. Yeah. I mean, there's always been, you know, you got to go around and around and around. But Johnny has not had that deserved large scale revival. And I think the only place. Listen, people, people out there listening. If there's a Johnny Rivers devotee who's got the jack, you know, let, let's see. Let's see a, a, a great final act. Well, that's what that's what we're saying. I mean, I think that I think that everyone should get on board. And uh, if you care about the history of this music and about what pop music and rock and roll meant and how it built this industry, Johnny uh, Rivers is certainly one of the most fundamental, significant figures within it. So uh, write your local congressman. <laughs> Not that they, Maybe Trump. Make it, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Trump's a fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's what you do, gang. You know, just make it, uh, just whoever you think will give a damn, you you just drop them a line. But Get Trump, a, McConnell, and John Roberts on board. Let's go. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> chop, chop. And if that doesn't work, just, you know what you do? You contact us at losthighway987 at AOL.com. And the Splendor of Bohemians will get a petition together. How about that, Mez? We'll get a petition forward, together. Forward march. We'll forward march. We will get it to the people in power. We will bring it in person to the people in power. And while I'm there, I'll ask them what happened to Alan Freed's ashes, by the way, which I heard they moved out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what that was all about. They moved his ashes out of the Rock and Roll oh, Hall of Fame. That sounds ominous. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. One shouldn't be moved from... From your place. I'm the one, I'm the one. The one they called us, Seven Sons. And he also invested in reminding people who were writing some great blues players, writing some great songs. You wouldn't have heard, you wouldn't have known about Seven Son. That's a great cut. And maybe you look into Mose Allison as a result of Seven Son. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. But Johnny reminded us of the art of songwriting, the art of being able to connect with those songs and being able to endure during times where it seemed like the industry didn't have uh, any great desire for him. So we're always going to think about Johnny Rivers because Johnny is an important figure in the, in the craft. So, yeah, drop us a line, Lost Highway 987 at AOL.com. Let us know what you think about our shortbread episodes. Uh, you can also get yourself a Splendor of Bohemia sampler featuring Frank Sinatra, Jan and Dean, Bill Mesnick, and Rich Buckland. Is that correct, Bill? Thank, thank the Lord and you. All right. We're all there, baby. We're all there. We're all together in one big happy family. So we want to thank you, gang. And uh, we will be back soon with uh, with more devoted efforts to share uh, knowledge and uh, enlightenment. Nez, I love you as always. Thank you for another great journey down the Bohemian River. Wait a minute. The rivers, the rivers of no return. No return. Thanks, baby. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Just one little thing.
way you look, Elvis Presley, it wouldn't last very, very long. You get sick and tired of watching him wiggle it past your door. I'd sure that the Beatles, oh, they can walk that walk. You get sick and tired of hearing them talk that talk. It wouldn't happen with me. Man, it wouldn't happen with me. It wouldn't happen with me. 